sometimes until we get into certain situations, we don't realize how scary things could actually become for us. Um, I know in the first couple of years when I was in real estate, I was very naive to think that I was invincible. Not, not even that I thought I was invincible, but just that I didn't realize like all the different things that could go wrong, depending like, you know, and it makes sense. There's a lot. And now as we manage and run and own a brokerage, um, we're definitely seeing that more so because we're on the front line of, of everything and anything. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special spooky Halloween version of Level Up. Level Up! (laughs) So spooky, so scary. We should have dressed in costume. Damn it. Damn it, damn it. Now that we do video, well, could say that we're wearing costumes. I'm eating pumpkin seeds. That's festive. Would people believe that I'm Katie and we just have some really (laughs) awesome costumes on right now? I dressed as you. Hmm. All right. Well, if you don't watch our YouTube channel, head on over and see if we're actually wearing costumes or not, or if we've switched the look or looks. <laughs> I feel like we already gave the spoiler alert on that one, but uh, I'll just join us. I'll just put something on in the middle of the, uh, the episode. Anyway. That's okay. This will withstand the test of time, because if you're listening to this not on Halloween, yes. the topic applies, is yeah. just as relevant. That is true. Because it, yeah, it, it's always it's always relevant. <laughs> That's right, exactly. So, but that being said, today we are still talking about the scary stuff in real estate. Kind of a loaded uh, a loaded topic there, and I think depending on what you do and what in what part of the industry where you are, lots can be scary. Can feel mm-hmm. scary all the time. But we're going to focus in on a few. Um, kind of specific overarching things that can freak us out and that can uh, make things pretty frightening, stressful, stressful to us and how we can deal with them. That's right. Because it's not just about leaving you shaking in your boots. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Finding you. We're going to find you shaking in your boots and then we're going to unshake you. Yeah. Well, that's it. it. Yeah, I think that a lot of times until we get into certain situations, we don't realize how scary things could actually become for us. Um, I know in the first couple of years when I was in real estate, I was very naive to think that I was invincible. Not not even that I thought I was invincible, but just that I didn't realize like all the different things that could go wrong depending like you know, and it makes sense. There's a lot. And now as we manage and run and own a brokerage, um, we're definitely seeing that more so because we're on the front line of, of everything and anything. It does. It's a daily occurrence. I think anything that you're doing really in any industry, but when you're in an industry that's as public facing as us, that's as under scrutiny by not just the people we work with, but the media and, you know, the general public, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a tough world to be a part of. It can be very rewarding and it is for most people, but that doesn't take away the fact that, things can stress the hell out of you on a daily basis. 
So let's talk about that. Let's first build up your stress stress levels. Let's, (laughs) let's, let's tell you things that maybe you didn't even know you should be scared of. Yeah. And then we'll bring you back. But you know what? We're preparing you. That's right. Exactly. Well, that's it. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people listening to this who just go through this smiling and nodding. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of unfortunately indicative of what the industry is that we're in, but, uh, or maybe the experience level that you have. Oh, low blow. No, I'm just saying like the more experience (laughs) you have, the more likely you have gone through different situations. Facts. I didn't get that joke. No, no, I thought you were saying that like that. Well, who says it was a joke? Maybe I'm just getting, anyway, it doesn't matter. All right. So let's start off by talking just about um, market. Whoa, did you hear that? That was really weird. Anyway, sorry. Kind of. Let me, let me try that out. Rewind. Market. We're just, we're just off our game this morning right now. (laughs) Um, Market conditions and how those market shifting markets being in the buyer's favor, the seller's favor can also cause a lot of um, potential issues uh, down the road. And I think for most of us, we've seen a lot of worst case scenarios over this past year as the market has gone from an extreme seller's market now to, you know, in certain markets, definitely a buyer's market or a balanced market. So we definitely want to just maybe do a postmortem on what we've seen over this past year, if you haven't seen as much as we have, um, just to kind of get you thinking ahead to when the market does kind of shift again or even the market we're in now. Well, and and I think generally speaking, the stories you see out there when things do make it to the papers, those are the, I mean, I don't know if I should call them worst case scenario because we can always outdo ourselves as an industry with something we haven't seen before, but light is brought to the things that are those scary situations that come to light. We talk a lot about Murphy's law and how things can go wrong. That's the stuff that in our industry we're scared of in Mm -hmm. these, in these markets. And the more something fluctuates one way or the other, or is caught in flux. So it's not just about if you're in a seller's market or if you're in a buyer's market, it's just as it's always moving and it's different every day, we need to be prepared for the different things that can happen during the buying and selling process and in the days and months that follow up to closing and then beyond as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think like examples such as taking conditions out of an offer, especially in a hot market where you're trying to compete and just ensuring that you are very clear with your clients as to the risks that come along with that and putting that in writing is very, very important. And we have forms that you can sign that, and we're not going to bore you with that kind of information. Talk to your brokerage about how to best protect yourself in those situations, but it's definitely important to make sure you're explaining the risks all the time. And I think conditions has been one area where people have gotten not necessarily into trouble, but just um, into, into challenging situations where something has come up after the fact. Yeah, I think a theme for what we're going to talk about through all this is going to be there are ways to protect yourselves. Yes. And that is what the sum total of all these scary things are. Things are scary only because they'll go wrong if you don't foresee and protect yourself from them. So conditions is a great example of that. Um, mm-hmm. That would be obviously more so in a seller's market where people Mm. are fighting over properties, they put themselves in positions where they're not as uh, protected and mitigating their risks because they want to get a property. Mm -hmm. And uh, to your point, 
the form, whatever jurisdiction you're in, there's going to be ways. I think some people at a base level will, even if somebody does uh, forego the opportunity to have a condition, call it financing or an inspection or anything like that, base level and what we've done for a long time is crossing it out and initial having your client initial to kind of show listen they knew that this was an option and they've initialed the fact that they're taking it out um it is safer and and more i think responsible there is a separate form that you can have signed at least in the ontario market that acknowledges the fact as its own document that Mm -hmm. uh, conditions have been foregone and that the client has opted and knowingly not taken on those things and the yeah. reason that this is scary, if we just bring it full circle, because it, we're talking about risks, but I mean, for those of you who might not understand why this is actually scary, if you were, mm-hmm. for example, to forego, I mean, pick whichever condition you want. I don't know. You yeah. want to go inspection, inspection or financing? Inspection. So yeah. if you don't put a home inspection clause in, even if you eyeball tested things, there always runs the risk of stuff that you can't see that you will now and your buyer will now be responsible for. If they land up taking the property without an inspection clause, they don't have recourse for the things an inspector would have caught that should have been caught by somebody you brought in as a professional, assuming it wasn't knowingly withheld by the seller as something that wouldn't have been found. Taking that out doesn't give you the opportunity after the fact to say, well, you know, I I didn't realize that the air conditioner was old and Mm -hmm. I need to replace it. Well, you've got to replace it. You bought it. (laughs) And you didn't have someone advise you otherwise so that at least you went into the transaction with as much information as you could have been equipped with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another perfect example is also, do you buy first or do you sell first? And both of those come with risks. But I think one big theme that happened over the course of this last year was it was very apparent that buying first in the early part of the market was better because we were in a seller's market. You could sell within a week and be totally fine. Um, But buying a home was very difficult because you were constantly in competition, but there was definitely a large amount of buyers that ran into trouble when they bought first in the height of the market, February, March, and then they wanted to sell their home coming into maybe April or May And they were really in a difficult spot because they couldn't sell or they couldn't sell for what they needed to in order to buy their new home. And that is something that I don't think a lot of us saw coming because nobody knows when the market's going to go down. Like that's, that's, that's the reality. And I, I, I mean, just as a side note, I think we really need to be careful as an industry in terms of representing that we know certain information because ultimately there's things that we will never know. And we can base some guesses on what we're seeing because we're in this market constantly and we're, we're on the ground and we're seeing what's happening. But ultimately, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. So it's very, very important that when you're putting anything out there, just even content, like I see agents sometimes just making these like blanket statements about what's going to happen in the next six months. And it's like, why are you saying that? Like people are relying us on us as professionals. Sorry, I'm going on a rant, but it's just this, this goes hand in hand with all of that. And so, you know, you really have to guide your clients properly to make sure they understand the risks all the time. And like the contingencies, like if this happens, like, tell me what, what, what we're going to do. Um, because like, you don't know what their financial situation is or, or anything like that. So it's really about presenting different things. 
you might not, but part of our job is to get as much information as we can as well. So that's another approach. Like we don't, you're right. We don't know their personal situations and people are not always so open to tell us every little thing that might impact things, but that is where asking questions and being very clear about the representations we make yeah. when we're out there, like you said, whether it's with our clients, whether it's content, I think there's people who uh, have become very successful on the back of saying things and making, uh, you know, educated assumptions. And I think they put it out there in a way that is done properly, where people yeah. say, listen, here's what I'm thinking is going to happen. Let's be clear, though. Nobody knows what's going to happen. But based yeah. on the information in front of us, based on history, we're mm -hmm. allowed to make educated guesses. And we're, But we need to qualify and people uh, should know that it is still a guess. Mm -hmm. The reality is we're going to, and this is something to be scared of, unfortunately, in this world. The reality is when we put guesses out there, even when we qualify it as such, there's going to be people always who equip themselves with the things we say as a means of telling us we were wrong. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it's, it's shitty and it's almost inversely proportional to the amount that we are out there and people are relying on us. It makes us more and more of a target for people to say we're wrong about things. Yeah. It should not dissuade people in our position from being the professionals we are though, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's just having an understanding that we are professionals on whom the public, on whom our clients, and if we're putting content out there, the people consuming it, they're relying on our word more than the average person, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so be aware of that because if we bring it back to what we're talking about here, which is the, um, the fluctuating market, regardless of how much we are aware and preparing people for what could happen one way or another, we're still making decisions based on the information in front of us, right? And mm -hmm. by doing that, we're protecting ourselves, protecting our clients, um, and trying to keep ourselves away from worst case scenarios. But there still do exist worst case scenarios. This last year has been mm -hmm. so peak and valley that yeah no economist could have possibly foreseen what was to come and what the impacts of those things were going to be. Just the ripple effect of the economy and interest rates and issues globally and all of these things. It's been a perfect storm that has caused so many ripples and ups and downs in the market that if we followed that strategy that we've talked about, which is kind of like if you're buying or selling, you kind of do the one that's harder first. Yeah. Doing the one that's harder could be different two weeks from now. Like it could yeah. be harder today. And then mm -hmm. in two weeks, that's actually the easy thing. And it's harder to do the other one. And so, yeah, it is, a, it is very scary under like knowing that things can change, but preparing people for the fact that we don't know is yeah. very important. And just making sure that they will be fine. If the worst case scenario comes about, right. like if, if your clients are looking to buy a house now, for example, who knows when the interest rate increases are going to stop. There's people that are projecting like the bank of Canada is going to put a halt at a certain point, but we don't know that. So stress test yourself above like at a 7% rate or something like much higher than what you're, you're getting currently. So that if, interest rates do go up higher, 
your clients are prepared for that and can manage those payments. Like that's what it's all about is just kind of like worst case, best case, well, best case, we don't really have to prepare for, but let's prepare for worst case and make sure. Best case is great. Basically, yeah, best case is like, you don't really have to prepare, but yeah, definitely worst case, you need to, you need to know about it and you need to prepare for it because if it happens, you've done your job. That's the thing. Like you can't control what happens out there. You can't control ultimately how your clients react. But I can tell you from my own personal experience, if I've not necessarily warned my client, but just laid out all the scenarios with them and they were fully aware about what could happen, I feel like I'm not like, I'll help them through a difficult situation, but I don't feel personally responsible for something that, you know, I should have warned them about. Um, I just feel so much lighter at the end of the day that everything was, was put out on the table. We prepared for it and let's go. <laughs> That's good. So it's like a weight loss thing. You feel lighter it too. Is. So think about all yeah. the benefits um, yeah. to, to kind of close the book on that too. It's, it's important to also be aware of the amount that people talk about how hard it is as if it's somebody's fault or as mm -hmm. if, you know, like, yeah. I, like I've seen all sorts of stuff, like how could the bank of Canada do this or whatever, you know, how could these interest rates be higher? Do they understand what it's doing to everybody? And you know what? It sucks for mm -hmm. homeowners. It's like the, the economy sucks, <laughs> you know, like the inflation issue sucks. There's lots of people that are impacted by every decision, macro or micro, or in your own transactions. And we need to be better at being able, in my opinion, to roll with the punches and to understand that it can't just be about saying, well, it's this crazy thing's fault. And I mm -hmm. couldn't have seen that coming. Or, you know, like, how worst case scenario could I possibly prepare for? Like, this is worse than it ever could have been. Well. That's reality. Like if you talk to realtors who are around in, you know, the eighties when interest rates were 20%, yeah. you know, everything's relative. People have put themselves in positions in good times that haven't in all cases protected themselves from bad times. Right. So if anything, mm -hmm. we need to use these tough situations to prepare ourselves better for the fact that anything can happen. Right. And, you know, people are going to be put in rough situations, right? You're not a miracle worker. Telling somebody that something could be bad isn't your way of saying you're always going to fix it, right? Mm -hmm. You're not the person who has the way someone who can only afford a million dollar house is now going to be able to afford a $1.3 million house. Reality is reality. Mm -hmm. And we, we deliver that reality as best as we can. And that's yeah. what we just need to do. And the more we get ahead of these things, remember, when you paint a bad picture for somebody the right way, usually it's not going to be that bad when reality comes. And so you've actually put yourself in a position to exceed these, you know, it's not always about uh, like under promising and over delivering, but in some sense, the more you prepare people for bad things, it's still likely you're going to outdo that, but you've protected your own internal mm -hmm. stress level by yeah. knowing they've at least heard what could happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that covers the market side. I mean, there's all sorts of permutations <laughs> okay. and, and the options, whole market. the whole market, but yeah, I mean, there's so many things that can happen. So just, just be aware, educate yourself, be very honest and upfront with your clients and just play out different scenarios. Worst case scenarios, especially are very important. And then, 
you know, see where it goes and obviously fine tune those conversations. You don't want to come out of the gate, scaring the daylights out of your clients. Like, Oh my God, I'm never going to buy real estate ever. But you know, it's, there's, there's a way to massage it in that you just, you want to protect their best. All of us want to protect our clients' best interests or we are required to. Um, but you know, it's, it's important that that piece is included in the best interest part of, of our, for our clients. Like if you just add that into the requirements you have to go through when you're speaking to a new client, I think that's, that's a good step. So kind of, you know, moving on from that and segueing and just, just to touch upon like the insurance that we do have as agents. And this is speaking within Ontario specifically, but I'm sure every agent probably has some sort of insurance with their board or whoever. I hope so. Yeah. But if you do ever come into one of those situations, like just so everybody is aware you do in, in Ontario have errors and emissions insurance. So insurance. So if you do happen to make a mistake and we all do make mistakes. Um, it's just how serious are those mistakes? You are covered for that. Um, but it is extremely important that if you, if you make a mistake, you're not going to try to cover it up. You've got to notify your broker of record right away and notify your insurance provider right away so that they are the sooner you do that, the sooner you're going to get the best advice on how to handle it. So if your client makes a a complaint to you, to the regulator, then, you know, the insurance is ready and prepared to deal with that and can properly do what they can to protect you. And, you know, it's not, it's not like your client against you, but it's, it's just making sure that you can um, properly prepare them for what's coming and, and working alongside them is really, really important. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm going to add a couple of, piece of pieces of advice to this. One is, this is the reason you document and you mm-hmm. keep yes, records yes. and information of everything you do. It's not just about the forms that you keep in whatever transaction you keep. It's about conversations. It's about um, you know things that you represent or don't represent, questions you ask, co- correspondence with you know your client, other agents, whatever. Yeah. Should you go down this road of having a problem where you've made a mistake um, or someone's accusing you of making a mistake, if you don't have the evidence to support the fact that either A, you didn't make the mistake or B, it was an honest one that could be made by somebody in a similar position, but you were still providing your fiduciary duty to your client, you're going to be screwed or you're going to leave yourself way more susceptible to being screwed. Right. Um, Think about it. It's it's like when the CRA or or the tax body comes to you and wants to dispute something you've put on your tax return. If you don't have the backup to support it. Yeah. You're pooched. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you just need to be diligent. Right. Mm -hmm. And part of this is kind of setting your own expectations as well. Right. That things can go wrong for you. It's not just about preparing your client for things. Um, And like we say a lot, if you've got that feeling in any situation, whether it's something that could happen to your client or something you withheld or forgot to do, get ahead of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, It will always come out later. So you might as well just get ahead of it and deal with it. Yeah. And, And even if it isn't coming out yet, that feeling is not worth the fear of it could happen anytime. Right. Yeah. Like I I would argue that it's even more stressful if something comes out after a transaction is done. 
mm-hmm. yeah. than in that interim or as you're negotiating. Like if somebody's already taken possession or titles transferred or whatever, and then something comes out against you, like mm-hmm. think of yeah. the fear you're living with because you did something or didn't do something and didn't say anything and hoped it would never come out. You're just living with that forever, right? Yeah. So, so just be smart. We're mm-hmm. all professionals. If we do things the right way, mistakes happen. Yeah. And just, you know, keep track of it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Document. I mean, another thing that I just want to think about as we go through this more difficult time, and, and it's nothing that I want to, again, scare people about, but I'm, I'm thinking more so about as the economy continues to be impacted and businesses are, are, are feeling it. Um, the other thing to look at is just from a brokerage perspective, and I'm not saying everybody's brokerage is at risk, but there have been, and there has been recently brokerages that have shut down or might've gone bankrupt. And you are protected from a RICO insurance perspective. If you're, you know, if your brokerage goes bankrupt and they owe you commissions or your, your client's deposit is in a brokerage that's covered, but just kind of you know, just keep an eye out for certain things. Like just be aware um, of all the crap that could happen. Um, I'm not saying it is going to happen, but I think as we go through the next few months, there's going to be things that come up where certain people are, are struggling financially and it could be a, a brokerage. So just, just kind of think ahead to that as well. Yeah. And one more thing to add, because why stop? Because so many things are scary. But as we talk <laughs> about these things though, Something that people don't talk about enough, and this is especially if you go down a litigation or an insurance route, is mm-hmm. keeping your mouth shut. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard yeah. to do because when yeah. you're dealing with shitty situations, like obviously, like our brokerage is built on everybody talking to each other and sharing experiences and and helping each other, as most brokerages are. You should be able to confide in most cases in your broker of record, but be very aware of what you can and can't and shouldn't say. And in in most cases, if you're dealing with scary situations, there's no reason to say things to anybody who doesn't need to know, right? All you're doing is spreading a problem and potentially putting misleading or shouldn't be out there information out into the world in more ways than you need to. So don't post horror stories that could be litigious or could be insurance related on social media right? Mm-hmm. There's no value to that, right? Like it draws attention to a problem and maybe you're venting, maybe you're asking for help. But again, the same way we're the professionals that people rely on for real estate advice. Once something is in the hands of lawyers or insurance adjusters or whoever, or regulatory bodies, they will tell you what to do. You mm-hmm. take the lead from those who are giving you instruction, yeah. full stop. Yeah. And it's way better to go through your broker of record than any real estate Facebook group. Do not start there. Start with your broker of record, please. And if, if, if you don't have a broker of record, that's helpful, then you should seriously consider another brokerage because that's what your broker of record is there for. That's their primary job is to be there for you, to answer your questions, to support you through the shitty times. And remember you are an extension of your brokerage. The mistakes you make, the things that might happen, the liability, it's Mm -hmm. not you as an individual. And that I say that because in one sense, you're protected. And in one Mm -hmm. sense, you have a group that represents you and that you represent. But in another sense, 
you're also responsible for potential liabilities that could fall on a greater body than yourself. So you need to be responsible, understanding that the things that happen happen, but when and if they do, Mm -hmm. make sure your brokerage knows about it as soon as possible and then shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, yeah. or to at least wait do for what further instruction. Exactly. Yeah. Wait for, yeah, I shouldn't say shut your mouth. But yeah. Uh, all right. Well, scared on. enough yet? Are you scared I know. Are, are you feeling better? Yet? Well, we want to talk just also a bit about safety issues because obviously that's a huge thing that I think some of us might be a little bit naive to. Um, and just recognizing that we are putting ourselves out there publicly constantly, most of us people can easily get a hold of us. And there's a lot of risk to that. Um, and a lot of risks to other parts of dealing with potential clients and that. And so, um, yeah, we can, we can chat about maybe a couple of stories, story time about maybe safety issues we've run into in the past. Yeah. I mean, this, this runs really deep down so many different potential roads. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's, um, because of, of who you are and, and how you're out there and the messaging you put, people taking advantage of that, um, the people you meet up with, general safety in properties that we go to. Yeah. Um, we, can, we can tell a story, I think, without, without naming properties. Mm-hmm. Um, you had an experience that I yeah. piggybacked onto later on. <laughs> but you, you were, it was much scarier for you, I think, when you got there. Um, yeah. Yeah at a property that we uh, were representing. Yeah, it was a vacant um, property. Um, It was like, you want to call it like maybe a few properties. A a multi-unit building. A multi-unit building, that's the right word, yeah. Um, And I just happened to be walking around because all of them were vacant. And it was actually um, brought to our attention previously that there's been some break-ins in the past. So I just wanted to walk around the building, make sure all the doors were locked. And I happened to walk into a unit that actually hadn't been locked. Um, And that probably should have raised my my alarm bells a lot sooner. But when I walked into the unit, the kitchen was right there and the gas was on. You could smell this like really strong gas smell. So um, I turned off the stove, but I started to walk up to the second level. It's like a three level unit and um, just like random things. Like I saw a key on the floor and I just started, I think I called you Mm-hmm. And I just got really scared. And I think I ended up running out because I thought I had heard something on the top level, but I'm just like, what the hell's going on? But it, I, there might've been a squatter there. It was like all dirty. Um, it wasn't our unit that we were selling. Um, <laughs> Full but disclosure, this was another unit. This was on ours. Yeah. But I just wanted to make sure. And yeah, so I, I left and called the, uh, the owner immediately and let them know. But, you know, th- <sighs> It's, it's one of those things like, you know, that could have turned very quickly. I could have surprised somebody on the second floor and who knows, right? Um, so at the end of the day, I think, for, for, sorry. And it was even, even with nobody there, it was a clear safety threat with gas running. Yeah, yeah. For God knows how long in a unit. Like if you didn't smell that or whatever, yeah. not that you're lighting matches in units or anything, but like. Yeah, I that, smoke in units all the time. <laughs> But it, it, it was yeah. very much like there's that. And yeah. then we went back and, and other units had similar problems, shattered lights and the washer yeah. dryer that had been knocked over. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of issues with that whole it situation, was, it was yeah. but yeah, we've said, I we've think said too much in hindsight, <laughs> in hindsight, I just think that you like your safety is more important than any property. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can do to your, your best to reach out to the right people, call the police, do whatever, but don't become a private investigator or, you know, take yourself out of your own role as, as a real estate agent. That's not what you're supposed to be doing to ensure, you know, to make, to protect the property at all costs. That's not your mm-hmm. job. Um, so that, I mean, and, and those are the types of things that people don't run into that often, to be honest, but um, it was just one of those things that looking back, I'm like, I, I should have done that differently. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think you didn't know and there would have been no way to know. It was, and it was during the day. Yeah. This wasn't. Well, you didn't it. Go yeah, at night. it was. Oh God, I would have never gone at night. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it, it was still. I think, yeah, first sign of something's not right here. Mm-hmm. There's no shame in getting the hell out of there. Yeah, and calling I just people. Turn the stove off and ran. <laughs> yeah, or or not even like if you smell gas, maybe just be like, you know what, yeah. I'm leaving, and I'm calling the fire department, or I'm calling something like. Yeah. That that becomes a theme. With, with all of this stuff, like another, yeah. I, I think this is a story I've told before and I won't jump into it, but you know, if you're, this is, seems minor, but it wasn't, if you're not feeling well. Oh God. Oh my God. You know what story I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, if you're not yes. feeling right and you've got work to do, a showing to do, whatever, listen to your, listen to yourself. Like this isn't just something doesn't feel safe. Maybe it's not a good idea to go out there. This was pre-COVID for me. So it wasn't the world where leaving the house was scary for anybody. This was where we all bust our ass and, hey, what's a little cold or a little headache going to get me down? But the long story short was I was in such bad shape. I could barely drive. I was almost passed out when the client got to me, but I still powered through the the showing and passed out literally in the showing with my client where the paramedics had to come get me from somebody else's condo. That's a very long story short, but that in itself is, I mean, there's an easy solution there, which is you're not feeling right. It's like anything else in the world, like listen to yourself and just don't go, but nothing is more important than your own safety and your health and, and, and well, yeah, your health, like all of that, whatever extension of it, it is people will understand it's not worth saving. Like if you, if you can't retain a client relationship because you're concerned for your safety, then it's not the right client for you anyway. Like I know looking back, it's a client I've worked with a few times yeah. since that was the first time I ever met her. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if I would have called and said, I'm really not feeling well today, which is what most yeah. normal people do. She would have been like, well, cool. Yeah. Maybe not. I mean, maybe- and, and even if she didn't, who cares? Right. Yeah. Like, no, I was just going to say like, maybe people don't, yeah, don't, don't do that. Like a lot of people do want to power through. I think COVID has taught us that we should definitely, when we're not feeling well, stay away from other people. Although I feel like we might be going a little bit too far in, in the other direction now that we feel free, but it's another, it's yeah. another element of the safe, uh, not the safety of, but of the fear of when you're in a seller's market or things like that, like that was a busier time yeah. where the feeling was, if I don't see this in the next hour, it's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. And you compromise yeah. common sense yeah. to go to these places. Um, yeah. On top of that, so going to more kind of specific safety, and I'm going to sneeze. So I don't know if I should stop talking because it's coming. Okay, <laughs> it's right there. Anyway, Mute. Um, Mute. I'll leave it on. The whole world can hear the sneeze if it comes. Um, 
but then there is the safety that I think a lot of us think about, which is uh, definitely more prevalent, I think, for women um, yeah. out there. The idea of being able to be contacted in our industry being one where a lot of us are hungry and dependent on leads mm-hmm. and inbound contact from people we don't know. You yeah. need to be smart about not just vetting the people who contact you and who they are, but also about that same feeling you might get if somebody wants to go see a place with you, Yeah, you know, or, or if things don't feel right. There's no shame in bringing somebody with you in saying you're not comfortable in whatever it is. And maybe I'll defer to you to talk about it because last I checked, I wasn't a woman, although that, I mean, the, the risk is there for people in general, but yeah. definitely I think, I'd be naive and stupid to say that the same risk applies to men as it does to women. I think there's been cases and situations that are super scary and end very badly. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's just, if you're meeting a complete stranger, somebody reaches out to you randomly, you really want to do some due diligence and getting as much information ahead of time, like identifying there's nothing wrong with asking for their driver's license, like stuff like that, just to make you feel like a little bit more at ease. If you're showing a vacant property, that's another thing where if you're like putting two and two together is important. If you're getting reached out to by a random stranger asking to see a vacant property, my alarm bells would start ringing. And it's not to say you can't, show them those things like a property like that but you want to have backup like I think first and foremost get somebody from your brokerage get your partner get anybody it doesn't have to be somebody in real estate but have somebody and make it very clear that you are not going to be there alone that you're going to be there with somebody else and you know if they still go through with the showing then maybe they're not a creep and maybe they're not a crazy person um but do whatever makes you comfortable. And if it's passing the lead off to some, like a a male colleague or whatever it might be, um, you just, you just want to be, again, it it comes back to your safety is, is what's most important. Mm -hmm. It's, it's our job to protect ourselves and to ask questions that make Mm -hmm. us comfortable, right? When you're not comfortable, you haven't asked enough questions, right? And if after asking all your questions, you're still not comfortable, then it's not the right situation for you, right? Then your alarm bells are going off for a reason. So yeah. And I mean, we're, it's a very, like, I'm trying to think of another industry besides like maybe a stripper or something like that, but like an industry where we're randomly contacted by people to meet them in places that aren't like public places, like Think of a lawyer. Think of a doctor. Like every <laughs> how is that when a stripper is? That's that's the job you thought of. No, well, no, no. By rent. Okay, you mean well, like escorts? Whatever. Is that what you mean? Maybe, yeah, maybe okay. escorts. Sorry, yeah, escorts. Sorry. Well, I guess maybe strippers. Maybe strippers. Yeah, maybe that's but like, thing. but we don't meet typically, and maybe like obviously meeting in a public place, especially if it's like a buyer that you want to start working with. That's important, but you know, everybody else meets in an office or a public facing place. We're the only ones that could potentially have a high likelihood of meeting in a place that is empty or vacant and that's not safe. Um, and so we have to be very aware of, of the danger that we're putting ourselves in. Yeah. I, I'm going to add to that. The more we're in this virtual social world, 
you see the scams and ways that people prey on every subset of society based on what they want and what they're looking for, right? All these phony emails and phony calls and all that. Realtors are super hungry for leads and for people who are going to give them business. And there is a underground market that feeds on that. And it might not just be, hey, I want to see this place. It could be phony landlords. It could be phony sellers. It could be people who are selling phony leads, whatever it is. And scared, maybe not necessarily, like you shouldn't be scared, but you should be vigilant and aware that the stuff that seems easy and the stuff that's in your face and giving you exactly what you're looking for without any notice, again, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is, right? So All of this comes down to being aware for yourself, for your clients, for your colleagues, asking questions, setting expectations, and continuing to do so until you're in a position where you can live your day and your job comfortably Mm -hmm. in all of these respects to wrap it all up in a bow. That's kind of the point of this. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we scared everybody sufficiently. You're welcome. Go, go trick or treat. Yeah, yeah. Go, go put on your costume and go trick or treating and ask everybody if they want to sell their house when you trick or treat there. There you go. We did yeah. have some really good lead gen Halloween ideas with our team that we're not going to say here, but if you'd like to join our team, reach out. And we've got, we've got a, uh, I don't think we mentioned it yet in the podcast, but we oh, yeah. would like to once again, extend the invite to all of our listeners. There is a free two day not today, today, T-W-O day, Unbreak Your Business video seminar with the two of us live. It's coming up. Is it November 14th, 15th? No. Or no, 21st, 22nd? Yes, no, no, no. That's the early conference. Yeah, no, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, you're right. The 14th, 15th. Okay. (laughs) The 14th, 15th. Uh, The link is in our show notes here. We will be sharing it through our social media channels as well. Follow us at Level Up for Realtors. Um, And yeah, we hope to see you there. It's just a great way to come and kind of diagnose where you're at in your business and get your plan straight for the year ahead because everybody always needs that. No matter how well you're doing, we can all be doing better. We can tighten things up. So join us. Sign up join us. We'll have resources and, and guides and on all sorts of things. So we're going to get really tactical and, and actually work through your plans with you, which I think is really helpful. Bring so, whatever yeah. leftover candy you've got from trick-or-treating that you've stolen yeah. from your kids or that you got for yourself. If you've decided to go out trick-or-treating people without kids, like, do you, like, I mean, we all buy candy. I guess, well, I shouldn't say we all, but like most of us buy candy to distribute. Like if you, uh, I'm curious, like send us a note. I'm curious if you are like the Grinch of Halloween and you don't give out candy and you don't have kids, do you go out and just buy the candy? Cause it's that time of year and just stockpile. And this is your time to just like binge eat at home. I'm curious. I don't know what people do, or is it just like anti-candy? No, anti-candy. you're giving me the eyebrow. Like that's not a thing. Okay. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. I'm sure people do it. There's a lot. I mean, last year there were we'll lots weird of shit. Grinches. <laughs> Lots of Grinches last year. More than well, just don't don't knock on people's doors that have the lights off. That's my tip. It's true. We're still debating. Oh no, we're not leaving out the bowl this year because kids no. will just take the whole bowl. Yeah, never works out. So yeah. anyway, all right. 
have a good week, everyone. Happy Halloween. And we will talk to you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Level up, 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 level up,